It's a little too early for being that loud. Hey, too late. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Smoking. smoking, smoking. When I wake up every morning as I'm getting up, I hit it up. Now I'm fitted that's right. It is Coffee and Chronic with your host, Phoenix, and... Hampers Emily Ann. That's Good right. Morning. Good morning. And you know what it is, y'all. This is a new live son of a bitch. It is a new live son of a bitch, and we are at a different day and a different time than we would usually be. Now, this episode is going to be released on Monday, but because my lovely co-host has a prior engagement, we have decided that we are going to, what they call, put it in the can, Mm, our little kinky, and anyone who's listening live on lotuseffect.stream. Welcome. We still haven't figured out what to call our listeners yet for this new show, but I'm sure that they will effectively manage to name themselves eventually. And we are also trying out a little proof of concept here. Uh, Emily and I are actually able to see each other because we are recording this on video, and I have been on record as saying a real podcast does not have a video feed. Well, I fucking lied because apparently we do, and we are, and we're giving the concept here a try and seeing how well it works for us to see each other, be able to react to each other's facial whatever and also maybe it'll help us not have so much silence and not step the fuck all over each other so i'm gonna let emily talk for a minute and also when we do provide y'all access to the video footage um be don't this isn't something you can do other things while you're doing you're gonna have to dedicate time to watch the show because it will be entertaining to say the least that is um, right, <laughs> because her face is hella entertaining, and I mean that in the most best, most loved way. All the muscles in my face, all of them, even ones you didn't know could move. I will make it happen. It's hilarious. That is the truth. So, any entertainment once we uh, once we get this out on video, and also if you are getting entertainment from what you hear in your ears, well, we are a value for value podcast. So you can actually for right now because we're still getting all of our cashola stuff set up. Uh, if you want to share the value that you get from our show. You can send it to lotuseffect.show, go to the website, hit the We Like Money button, and we will take half of the donation and send it off to Hempress Emily M, because it is only fair that she is providing half of the entertainment that you currently hear and see in the future. So uh, we're going to spread the love and give her half of the donation, because by God, she will be earning it. Another way that you can also give us some value back of course it's the time talent and treasure we just talked about the treasure you can give us your fiat fund coupons you can also boost our show pour a cup and roll up let's do it it's the rooster booster that's right boost us bitch you heard emily roll up pour a cup and let's do this shit splash the walls because she's getting half the satoshis too and of course you can join us at lotuseffect.chat which we will have a link that will redirect that is more uh show branding appropriate in the future but damn it this shit takes time and money and if y'all ain't donating then uh it's gonna take even longer 
So get all up on that donation train, woo woo, and start splashing the walls and hitting that we like money button at lotuseffect.show and show some love for Hempress Emily and I. And we are going to get on with this uh, <coughs> bullshit right away. So today we are going to be talking about a subject that is near and dear to my and Hempress Emily's heart, which is Halloween. We are going to share the history behind Halloween and some different religious groups and how they view Halloween. Do they allow it? Do they ban it? You know, what's their stand? And we're also going to talk about the supernatural. Do you believe? Do you think it's a bunch of, uh, you know, like I said before? Bullshit. Let us know. You can jump in the chat. Like I said, Lotus Effect chat. Uh, Once Hempress Emily has her microphone, which we have sent to her. So the next time you hear us live on a Monday, 7 a.m. in the Central Time Zone, she should have her microphone and you should all be able to call in live, ring-a-ding-ding, to weigh in on what we're talking about. But for today, uh, just hop in the chat if you have the ability Go to lotuseffect.chat on the IRC, the Kiwi, and join us for this special episode of Coffee and Chronic. So starting out, do you think that we should tell people what our Halloweens were like? Um, uh, um, Hempress Emily, I, I, need, I need to, oh my God, I need to jump in for a second because my heart is in my throat and I'm shaking. Um, oh my God. <laughs> We just got a booze. Oh boy, is that is is that mill? What? No. Oh boy, is that, is that, is that number? That number? Is, no, is no, that, no, 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 no. I can't the, read. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Holy crap! Like for a second, I thought, holy shit, no, we just got like number, a four point five million sap boost. But no, but it was still an awesome one. It was thirty three, thirty three. Coming in from Pfeiffer saying sats, sativas, and espressos. So thank you, Pfeiffer. We appreciate that support. But yes, Gracias, we, we are absolutely going to be talking about um, our our Halloween, you know, what it is for us, uh, traditions and whatnot. And as the uh, as the one who does most of the yakking, since I've got three damn shows, I'm going to let you take the microphone, so to speak, for a minute and tell us about your Halloween traditions, uh, what your thoughts are on it, etc. And then we'll get into the, um, you know, the meat of it. You can talk, you know, we'll have you talk about the origins and such and so on. All right. So first, we'll go back in the time machine when Emily was little. And uh, my mom had three children under five years old. We lived in Idaho. I don't know if any of y'all have ever lived in Idaho. Some of you might be there right now. You know that Halloween may or may not most likely be real dang cold and probably windy. It's probably going to be windy. So to not drag three children under five years old out into the weather and try to wrangle cats and be cold my mom decided that we would trick-or-treat at home. And that means that this crazy lady went behind every door and pretended to be somebody else when we answered. Like, we'd knock on the door, trick-or-treat, on the bathroom door. She'd open it and be like, Oh, I knew there's the cutest little, whatever the heck you were that year. Here's some candy. Have a great night. 
And then she'd what? scurry to the next room. We'd have to pretend we didn't see her coming out of the bathroom to go to the next one. But so oh that's what God. Halloween was for me, is we trick-or-treated at home. We got to dress up. Our mom pretended to be other people, and we got candy. It was fun. And, um, Bizarre, I, but I've heard, okay. I've, yeah, I've heard other people have had similar stories, most specifically Miss Brett Cooper of the Daily Wires. Um, her mama did the same thing. And I think that it was a Mormon mom thing. I think that at one of the like Relief Society meetings, somebody was like, you know what? Our babies deserve Halloween. And this is how we're going to give it to them, okay? We're going to go and we have doors in our house and we're going to hand our babies candy and that's how we do it. Amen. I have an interesting theory, actually. And it just kind of came to me because, you know, I, I poured a cup and, and rolled up a big old bowl full of damn, this is good. And this amazing thought just came to me uh, when you were talking about how your mom, like, you know, hid behind the different doors and everything. What if instead of this trunk or treat bullshit, which we'll talk about later, what if you actually like had because you've got like kitchens, nurseries, you've got the upstairs sanctuary, maybe you've got a door to the choir loft. Why the hell couldn't you set up like a little like really G rated Halloween like ghosties and this and that in the pews and like make it fun for kids, you know, even do it. Ooh, here's a thought get a flameless candle and let them do like a haunted trail where you're literally going up the stairs of the church and through the sanctuary and then, you know, back down because most sanctuaries, I think, have two means of egress. So, I mean, this could be an alternative to just the boring ass pull into the parking lot and go from trunk to trunk. Take a treat, take a treat. Like that is no fucking fun. Yeah. You're robbing kids of the entertainment value of knocking on doors and going through haunted, you know, just, I mean, obviously, you know, G-rated, you don't want to scare the two-year-olds, you know, but just something, you know, more mentally stimulating than just pulling into a parking lot and getting candy from parents out, out of random trunks. It just blows my mind, but please continue. Uh, <laughs> but there are some Halloweens that are done in community settings that do have the walkthrough, um, that do have the walk through little haunted houses. They have the themed events. Um, so some of that has come back, but <clears throat> the history of Halloween is where we are in <laughs> the most circular thing that we could have right now. So old Halloween, um, like 1800s Halloween was more of like a communal gathering type, like where we find ourselves having the trunk or treats and stuff now. Um, and then in the 1920s and 30s, it still was kind of communal. But then when we had the baby boom in like the 50s, suddenly you have people living in a suburb or, you know, maybe still living out on the farm in a more rural setting. But now you have like, I don't know, seven kids, six, seven kids. Like it doesn't, it becomes almost unmanageable. Um, so it switches towards the more we'll do it at home. We'll have our cousins over. We'll, you know, have a block party type of thing, um, which is we're like, that's what we do now. So 
So depending on where you live, you're either in a walkable, quote unquote, walkable area where you just go around your own neighborhood and trick or treat, or there's some sort of like a main street trick or treat. The mall does trick or treating now. Most of the churches have some sort of a trunk or treat event. Your PTA might do something to try to fundraise. Um, so it's like this slightly communal, <laughs> um, but still can be uh, like the a self-contained event. Right. I miss and, uh, block parties. The, good, <laughs> the, the thing that it's good for the kids to be within the community, to be around adults, to be around other children. Like that's where they learn how to interact. And, like, be in a group setting, how to behave. Sometimes, like, if you see another child doing something that you shouldn't do, you it reinforces the, oh, that's why my mama don't let me do that. Because it's, oh, that's bad, you know. It's, a, it's more of a beneficial to the individual to come together as the whole that surrounds them. <clears throat> so we're jipping our kids. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely jipping our kids because even so much as, you know, I'm sure there's hopefully still kids out there whose parents haven't completely lost their fucking minds and, and become extremely woke that actually let their kids go out and play with neighbor kids and you actually know who your neighbors are. That's one of the biggest problems in, you know, in neighborhoods nowadays is nobody knows their neighbor. I mean, think about... And we have a lot of, you know, it's not like, I mean, yes, there are still like predominantly black and Hispanic neighborhoods, predominantly white and affluent neighborhoods. And yes, I did say it like that. But there's also a lot of integration. You know, you, you have a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, mix where, you know, a, a black person could live next to a white person, could live next to a Hispanic person, next to a, you know, a Asian person. I mean... <clears throat> anymore it's it's a thing you know you have a lot of mixed if you can afford the fucking house and the taxes taxes why not you know what i'm saying yeah like and it's nobody the, wants to know their fucking the, neighbors anymore because of the fact that i i don't know I, I i can't i mean i know my personal thing okay i barely know my neighbors and i'm okay with that one i live in a resort retirement kind of community Despite the fact we're getting to that age, fuck you guys, okay? I'm still not at that age yet. But I don't know. The place I'm, you go before the 55 and up. Yeah, precisely. I, Phone Boy has not reached that point yet. He's getting there. Yeah. But by the time he gets there, hopefully we'll have the house. But nonetheless, the reason I don't interact with my neighbors is purely because... I'm a very keep-to-myself person. I don't want other people to know my business, which is ironic to state as I have, you know, at least two podcasts in which I talk about personal shit, but irrelevant to the fact, and have revealed some seriously personal facts about myself and whatnot as, as phone boy. But it's just, I think if we built a house... In, if we weren't living in a condo, you know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't a permanent place for us. This is just mm -hmm. a, um, this is a temporary stop off. So when we build our house, yeah, we may be 
um, we may be inclined to know our neighbors be or whatever. Slightly more neighborly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, see, it's really hard to, and this is just my personal opinion, but because phone boy and I lead a different life than most people are used to because we do the no sugar, no grain. It's not like having a dinner party is a normal dinner party where you're serving pot roast, roasted sliced potatoes and Eric Ver. You know what I'm saying? Which is a green bean for all those unsophisticated individuals out there who don't know the French shit. But anyway, I'm, I'm not picking on y'all. I'm, I'm just being stoned and stupid. And I know she somebody's probably going to ISO that. It'll probably be me. But yeah, back you know, back to the back to the topic we were on. Um I do think that not having the opportunity to go out and and it's not well, okay, so there's two there's there's two things to this. There's the parents not having the time or maybe not wanting to take their kids out so trunk or treat is just the you know perfect option or maybe it's the fact that there's less people who are doing the whole traditional knock knock trick or treat meh so i don't know you could go either way i think uh the the issue that most people find themselves and similar to what you're describing that you the way you feel about neighbors um is that there's a certain level of diversification in a community that creates self-isolation, meaning when you abjectly look at the community that surrounds you, yeah, it's absolutely diverse. It's wonderful. Every, every person is represented here. I have nothing in common with these people. And yeah, I don't know. There's so many cultural differences. There are so many like, mannerisms that I will have that will be directly offensive to like there's a, it becomes an overwhelming situation where you're like, I would rather not make an ass out of myself than accidentally make an ass out of myself. So then yeah, you find exactly, yourself because you're trying too hard people. Right. Yeah. Well, and sometimes people could try too hard and then you become community organizer, SJW, pick me, um, fuck ups. Uh, but then the more common, because of the lack of a bandwidth, the inability to, like, I could barely get through my fucking 40-hour work week. I could barely get my kids to soccer. I could barely get the growth. Now I have to have the groceries delivered because I could barely fit that in. Like, ain't nobody got time to talk to their neighbors, especially when they already feel like I don't have anything in common with these people other than the mutual dislike of our government who taxes us for the land we live on. And yeah. that's just not a conversation you have at the trash can or at your mailbox. Exactly. And I was just going to say, you know, the, the two things you don't talk about, religion and politics. And if the only thing that you have in common is politics, because you both say, fuck Joe Biden. And by the way, fuck Joe Biden. Yeah, that's that's not a conversation you're having in a Wisteria Lane type neighborhood or, you know, even, you know, even a Boston suburb neighborhood uh, where, you know, you don't fucking know anymore. The climate is so goddamn tumultuous. I mean, you've got neighbors shooting neighbors and it, it's just it's a lot of virtue signaling. It's a lot of dog whistles. It's a lot of bullshit. 
that you don't have fucking time to deal with if you're a person like we are. You know, there's a reason that you and I both have the come back with a warrant doormat. It's a very clear sign. And I know it could be considered a virtue signal. I mean, yours is in your garage. Nobody sees it but y'all. Ours is right the fuck out there on the front uh, the front stoop. Like, come get some, motherfucker. Only because it's, it's hella windy here in Illinois. Um, if I owned the house, I would have cemented it. It would have been like a cement doormat at the front door so it didn't blow away. And you knew I did it on purpose. I don't want it blowing up on Miss Betty's front porch. So I think she'd be bothered. Yeah, and, and that's probably, I mean, I anticipate that bat, uh, that doormat ain't going nowhere anytime soon. So when we build the house, that will definitely be something that is secured to the front door with definite purpose and meaning. No apologies for that. And the, the mental gymnastics, maybe we'll rephrase that. The mental calculations that you have to do. When you interact with someone in today's world, uh, October 27th, 2023, um, you have to, with your eyeballs and only your eyeballs, look at this person and decide how much of the Kool-Aid have they drank? How many books has this person not read? How, what, you know, what does, what was this child, what was this person's childhood like? Are they the kind of person who can have a constructive conversation or is everything I say going to be taken as an attack? And again, it puts you in a state of overwhelm and shut down to where you're like, maybe it's just better to not. I'll give the no teeth smile, maybe nod my head a little bit or the, the, the bow, the mental nod that all, every white person gives every person because fucking... That's what you get. Our apologies. My apologies. I try to show teeth and throw in a hand wave. But then I feel like I'm not again. So it's, uh, yeah. a, it's kind of a lose-lose. And I understand why you get the no teeth smile. Because, like, I'm acknowledging you exist. You're welcome. And that's about all you're expecting uh, to get anymore. Is Is just that nod of you're a human, I'm a human type thing. Damn the simulation, right? Well, and honestly, um, I, I'm 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 not being cliche, but maybe a little bit I am. We talk a lot about the uh, parallels between what's going on right now in our society in 1984, which is you know the book that I'm reading, and that just literally when when you were talking about the you know, the, the hand wave and the, you know, toothless, or, uh, you know, yeah, toothless smile and whatnot, you know, um, it, it really, because the way that book is written is really mental, and I can vividly picture the shit that Orwell's talking about, and it just reminds me of the society where you're not, I mean, God forbid you look at somebody for longer than, like, three seconds and you have to eat with your head down and like it's it's fucking dystopian it's frightening and it's called communism it's called communism (laughs) yes i understand it is called communism and um anyone who has ever been in an abusive relationship had a less than wonderful child or has an aces score higher than five has essentially lived through communism Pause. Was that good for you? How's, how does that affect you today? How does that... How's that working out? Not so good. Exactly. 
I just needed to get it out. It was killing me. The people needed to know that 1984 was vividly describing communism. No, it, it, it absolutely is. I, I don't disagree whatsoever. <clears throat> and and that's why, you know, Phone Boy was on my on my case a lot when it came to, you know, what books, because he knows that I love Audible. Um he was like, oh, my God, you know, you, you need to read 1984 and, you know, then you need to read Brave New World and you need to read Fahrenheit 451. And he's like spitting out a, a, a college list of books that I need to read. And then in the chat one night that during used to be like high school required reading. Yeah, unfortunately, like, in my high school, not so much. I personally, I think at high school over the head. I think that at high school, you don't appreciate it. You'll burn through that thing. Um, but it's like, if you have not read it, if you've made it this far in life and have not processed those words through your brain or heard the words, whatever, I'll even take you watching the movies they've made. I will accept that and give you credit. Consume the content so you can understand and have a better grasp on the situation. It's good for your soul. No, I, 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 I totally agree. And, you know, Sir, Sir Bemrose, the wonder troll that he is, is mocking the fact I said college list. He said he read that shit in middle school, which is about the intellectual level of most college demands. So uh, I can't. And that's proof I can't of the decline, to be honest. I don't know how long earth time Mr. Bemrose has, Sir Bemrose has, but I imagine it's more than me. And I imagine it's probably closer to my mother. And, like, my mom had to read it in high school. Yeah, he actually... But then by the time it gets down to me, they don't even tell you to read it. Yeah, Sir Bemrose is actually just a shade younger than I am. So that will give you context on that. But, um... Got the ages now. (laughs) So, of course, you know, we... We love his his ball busting, and and he's not wrong. Um, I noticed when I was in my math class, I had there was this one girl, and it was driving me apeshit because, as you know, you know I'm a whole lot closer to fifty than I am forty at this point, and I'm in here with these little you know teeny twenty year old bitches, and yeah, I say it like that because she would they are she it, it bugs me she would go up to the teacher during a test and be all like asking her questions that basically was like stringing the answer out of the damn teacher and i'm just sitting there gobsmacked like you're not i mean i I had to i had to catch the words and shove them back in my mouth a time or two because i wanted nothing more than to just look at the teacher and be like are you really sitting there giving her the fucking answers and I wanted so bad to look at her and be like, listen here, little girl. If you can't cut this shit on your own, okay, then you need to sh- get to stepping. Because this shit of manipulating the teacher into all but giving you the fucking answers on this test, you're not earning that shit. And, and that's the mom in me. That's the responsible adult who is now, you know should be bouncing grandkids on her knee. Instead, she's balancing a full-time job, getting ready to start another semester of college, and doing three fucking podcasts. Like, yeah, hi, I'm that bitch. Welcome to my world. So I get a little bit frustrated when these little fucking... Urgh, 
to these allow zoomy me, little fuckers. Allow me to give you a thought exercise that might help you find them less annoying. The way that they were taught at the public schools was to only provide the right answer. Teacher can't explicitly tell you right answer, but for my job to be okay, test scores, you need right answer. So get me, teacher, to tell you, student, the right answer without me directly telling you the right answer. So they're trained like that. They are trained scary. to draw it out of you so long and like they want it said to them because all they know is right answer is right answer. There is yeah. no wrong answer. There is no try again answer. There is your almost there. You can figure this out yourself. It's test scores. My job you provide right answer. It's this like little weird fucked up triangle. And also, by the way, teacher, again, you can't directly tell them the answer because that's cheating. They're not learning anything. You need to teach them how to get more information. A few moments later. I'm sorry. I'm you're, having a realization. You are, yes, you're, I just had a seizure. <laughs> you are having a major, like, we're going to have to truncate the shit out of some silence because you just, like, we fully have, brain locked. I, I can't wait until this actually goes to video to where we're, you know, to where we're putting out the actual video feed of what it looks like when you do what you do. This is a whole new experience in podcasting for me. Despite the fact I do podcast live with my you know my significant other here it's not the same because i'm not actually looking right at his face as he's doing what he does and he does not have a face that is anywhere near as expressive as <coughs> yours is so you know it, it's this this is a treat this is an experience so all that pause was the processing i was putting all the strings together on my conspiracy board in my brain by teaching our children to learn that way, all you've done is made them excellent information extractors. You have trained them to run struggle sessions for you. You ain't even got to appoint nobody to do it. These people out here annoying people to death, asking them thousand questions to death. It's a death of a thousand cuts every day when you hire a child who went through the public school system. Um, so now that we know that, about those ladies do we feel compassion for them or do we still want to strangle them we still want to strangle them because as i see them if we're still doing Might a 1984 if, if we're still doing a 1984 a comparison they're they are they are the spies essentially yeah they're suffering thing like they're the spies they've been programmed to i can't and this is why i just stay my ass at home because I, this is the exercise that I would have actively had with myself in that moment. And would it have come across to as people around me if I was like frozen or like doing a hard reset or something. And this is why people don't want to know their neighbors because that nonsense that we just did that took however many minutes that was. Would you rather interact with the person knowing all those things or would you be like, no, nah, bro, I don't need it. Exactly. Like, no, That's true. I don't need it. Yeah. So. I, I definitely <clears throat> agree with that. But um, so, yeah, we're <laughs> we're going to get back to some origin stories because we've been dicking off for 45 minutes so far. This has been the most fun, but I'm, I'm fucking loving it. So 
origin story of Halloween. Hit us with it, Hempress Emily. I got to slide back into productive tell people things brain instead of pontificate about why the world is on fire and how we put it out. So this is what um, Mr. John D. Deere of the Millennial Media said to call filibustering and Danny Boy, this is how you do it, son. Um, so for Halloween, uh, I'm going to be rude and assume that everybody knows that these holidays are just rebrandings of days that people before us on the planet sound significant. Agreed, agreed. So all we're worried about is America Christmas, because that's where we live. America! Um, fuck yeah! America! Uh, <laughs> so, the 20s and 30s, we had the Depression, and then because Halloween was just secular, non-secular enough, um, the no, the bad economy, the um, death bowl situation, like anything bad that happened, it really made people pause and think like, is God mad at me? Maybe there are some things in my life I should not be doing and it'll get better. So we kind of strayed away from um, Halloween as a English tradition, knockoff of pagan, knockoff of you know, all the, the old ways, quote unquote, the old Halloween in 1920s, 1930s, America decides we're going to do our own thing for Halloween because we think that that will make things better. Um, and that's when we start doing um, the door to door slightly. Like if you lived in a city, um, then you would do like a door to door on your block thing. Um, and if you lived in a rural setting, you would have like a community gathering either at someone's home or at the church. So 1920s, 1930s, does that sound like today, maybe? Where we trick-or-treat our blocks, where we have a gathering at the house, have a little house party for the Halloween, where we go to church, maybe for the trunk-or-treats. Well, cyclical. Can't help ourselves. We're just, we're ingrained so, with it. Yeah, I mean, like, it's what we know. And like, the um, the silly thing is, is that every time we change it up, we think that we're, we're right this time. No, dummy. It just came back around. Um, the 1920s, 1930s, the Depression, we have World War, and kind of there's just everybody's minding their business, doing their own thing. Um, and by the 1950s is when people had become more civilized in a way that they weren't um, they weren't as active in the old quote unquote old ways um, of Halloween tradition. So like what I mean by that is the children who knew the old ways had been changed to learn the new ways. By the time that they're older, they don't even know the old ways because nobody ever told them. So now they're at a point of adulthood in 1950, having children. So all they're going to teach them is new way. So in 1950, we also had the baby boom. So everybody, um, everybody is either, you know, having a bunch of kids and at home with their bunch of kids or uh, it's population is, it's busy. It's 1950s, it's busy. So uh, it becomes more of the, let's 
let's be a part of our community. Let us, you know, venture out and um, share amongst ourselves. And it continued to be a communal thing. Um, yeah, like Saturday night card games no longer, and Tupperware. Yeah, that's a, that, that's kind of where we were in like the 50s, 60s, you know, like everybody kind of gets together, you know, we're all busy. We want to make the time. We find the time. Um, and it was this nicey, nice, cutesy, little spooky, um, <laughs> new Halloween. And, uh, and so all of the new traditions, consumerism traditions, buying the costume, buying the candy, decorating, uh, all of that stuff that really kicks off in 1950 and that holds on to today. Uh, and everybody get ready to chuckle and or be like, of course, or severely disappointed. Um, and he, would you like to know how much money we spend on Halloween in a year for one day? <laughs> Tell so us. Money. Six. S-I-X. Billion. With a B. Billion. Six billion dollars between decorations, uh, costumes, and candy. Like, that's a lot of money. That is insane. Yeah. Um, and I... I don't think that there's like a good way or a bad way to do Halloween. Uh, I think that it like Nike, just do it. Yeah. It's also a very American thing now (laughs) somehow because we did rebrand it and we, you know, we cleaned it up and we kind of gutted it of all the old stuff. And basically we've restructured it right into what it is. But um, now we have the internet and people can look up all the old ways. And now, so everything old coming back. Now we got the spooky, super scary, you know, 12 foot werewolves in the yards and the skeletons and the super scariest haunted house in all of Connecticut. Uh, Like all the the super horror. um, I'm going to include a video that I took from a, uh, there was a neighborhood that the lawn was an entire uh, display. So I'm going to put that in the chat here, and I will have it in the show notes as well so people can see it. It is quite interesting. I'm, I'm not going to lie. The uh, But that's kind of like, that's what we do in America. We stuff. We're, we're a nation of consumers. Um, and, you know, like, full circle knowing your neighbors and your community and the people around you like you can learn a lot about the people around you based on how they decorate or don't decorate Eh, for any holiday i I don't i don't know i i have to i have to offer a slight disagreement only so much as we we are really limited in what we can do as far as decorating living in a condo once we get our house Uh yeah we're gonna be that fucking house that has those inflatable decorations and we'll have lights everywhere because phone boy's awesome he's gonna climb up the ladder and make it all pretty and sparkly for me there and because he's he's totally an av guy you know my original av geek over here that i love uh, there will be music, and the lights will go to the music, and it will be the fucking house that everybody wants to drive by. And I might even be, I might even be con- 
convinced to maybe have a little bag for the kiddies. Um, yes. That has, you know, merch from Lotus Effect or Coffee and Chronic. You know, because you got to bump your brand. You would decorate your house like that. You're you bet your ass. The front lawn is going to have the fucking Lotus Effect I- uh, business card uh, in lights. You you bet that shit's fucking happening. But that's the kind, that's why you just kind of proved my point in a good way. And I don't mean that in a negative, derogatory way. I just mean like the people who are going to put the effort into maintaining their yard are probably well-adjusted normal people. The person exactly. who's going to take the time to decorate for Christmas or anything sparkling, they probably care about the joy of children. That means they're a decent human being. If they're going to decorate for Halloween and go all out, it means that that holiday is important to them and they want to bring joy. You can learn things about your neighbors in those subtle contexts. Like maybe if you're a weirdo who has a, some sort of a political side in your yard, like people are going to watch the message you're sending. Yeah. And, and I got to be honest, uh, I, um, the whole reason why I want to decorate is simply because I like looking at other people's decorations and I kind of feel like it again, you like joy, you want more joy out there. That's right. It's, it's like the value for value. It's the rooster booster. I figure if I'm decorating my house, then I'm giving value to other people who maybe their houses are decorated and maybe I've seen their house and it gave me some kind of joy. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, circular, you know, keep, keep the love going round and around. Ooh, speaking of love and circular and sharing joy, um, you went and you dug into like the religious sides of um, Halloween. I did I because uh, at, at one time, um, I had a really good friend, and interestingly, we actually have the same birthday, except for she's like two years older than I am. So we, uh, I, I attended her church a couple of times because yes, Phoenix used to attend church. Whatever, don't give me shit about it. You know, back before I actually was aware of all the cultishness of religion and all the bad sides. Basically, I'm not saying that like religion on the whole is bad. I'm not going to shit on anybody who wants to go to church or whatever. You know, I respect that completely, you know, for as much as I would hope that that person would respect my calling it the universe and such and so on. But irrelevant to the fact, I had remembered that this particular church that she went to had flyers about how Halloween was a pagan holiday and, you know no trick-or-treating and blah 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 and I thought wow you know I I want to I want to highlight that for this show since you know this is the show we're doing prior to Halloween All Hallows Eve All Saints Day you know that that whole trifecta of fun so I mean Halloween is a secular holiday and like Valentine's Day or Thanksgiving Um, the meaning is not associated with any particular religion. It's why it's not a public school holiday. And parades or costume parties dedicated to it, unlike Christmas or Hanukkah, which often become winter celebrations. How fucking gross is that? 
Like we we literally can't even own specific names for shit. We have to make it all muted together so it's inclusive. That that just makes me want to fucking puke at times. No, no. No, 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 sweeties. We're just going back to the old ways, coming full circle because this time of year was to acknowledge the bountiful harvest that you received. Right. It was to acknowledge the people that you have lost in this season of growth because winter is coming and shit's about to die up to and including people. True. So it's always been this, like, it's a almost a an end of year of sorts just because, like, that's the reality of living on this floating rock. So we've just come full circle. Right. Winter festival. And I mean, it, it is, you know, <laughs> Sir Bemrose is saying it's a cultural appropriation of pagan solstice celebrations. He claims that is a checkmate. I don't know if I can agree with that. But, uh, you know, it, no matter... That's the, that, it's a full circle. Old stuff is now new stuff. You think you're original? And you're not. That's it. There, nothing is original anymore, It's already been done. Simpsons did it. Yep. And they probably did it better. <laughs> Pagans did it. Right. Because they're the, like, they're the most documented people before, but that's a different day. But anyway, fucking. Well, this, this might surprise people that uh, Halloween actually has roots in the Roman Catholic Church. So it makes sense that there are some religious groups that don't celebrate it. And it comes from an ancient Celtic festival known as Samhain. The festival included bonfires and people in costumes to ward off ghosts. And later, All Saints Day, which is the day after Halloween, November 1st, adopted some of the rituals of Samhain and was instituted by the Catholic Church as a day to honor saints. Now, by default, Halloween became All Hallows' Eve, the day before All Saints Day. And on the other side of that, you have All Souls Day on the 2nd of, of November, which is more commonly referred to as Dia de los Muertos, which celebrates and honors loved ones who have passed away. And All Hallows' Eve may have roots in the church, but as we know and celebrate it today, it doesn't have religious connotations or traditions. Rather, it's evoked into, evolved into a day known for costumes, trick-or-treating, and indulging in spooky things. And that's true. I mean, when you think about it, Halloween literally encompasses basically the whole month of October. You know, television uh, stations are dedicating the, you know, all this programming to playing, you know, Friday the 13th and Halloween and Saw and whatever fucking scary, gooey, gushy shit that they can get ratings with. That entire month of October, you're inundated with the propaganda of Halloween. I'm going to tell you the seasons. We got 4th of July. We got back to school. We got Memorial Day. No one got fucking Halloween. And then right before Halloween's over, it's Christmas. There ain't no Thanksgiving. There ain't Truth. no fall. We Truth. go from back to school to Halloween. And in between there, we'll bust out the red, white, and blue stuff from 4th of July that didn't quite sell. We'll throw that on the shelf. And when Blanny profits are up. Oh, truth. And that I think part of it is, again, that this is like the harvest season. This is the ending of the year. This is when everything prepares to rest for winter. And that starts in like September, August. I would say mid-August is when my brain starts to say, 
it's winter's coming. Right. You better get your shit in order. It's another year you done wasted. I like, hear that. That's when, that's when that starts for me personally. Somewhere in the middle of August, you have the realization of, yo, it's almost over. And all that marketing is and consumerism is and all of that is is hijacking the already existing systems in their brain. So they know that some people, their end-of-the-year thing steps up a little bit earlier. So if we slowly but surely scoosh the marketing, we can go from having just Halloween be the one-day-a-year to we'll just do like two weeks before Halloween. Give them some warning. And then it's the beginning of the month. Nobody knows. Yeah, and now <clears throat> now we're at a point where in fucking August you're seeing Halloween costumes and candy corn in, in the W store. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, I, the retail I think, calendar is wild for anyone who's ever been able to glimpse at it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think at this point we're heading headlong into where there aren't going to be any individual holidays. It's all just going to be a, you know, Easter 4th of memorial what blah 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 thank miss whatever day you want it to be is today i mean it really it really is terrible how and how fast like holy actual fuck it's like one day it's the holiday and the next day bam it's into the exact next holiday and like you said Thanksgiving gets skipped over. They might get like a quarter aisle, maybe one end cap for Thanksgiving shit. And that's just really the le- the non Halloween fall uh, right, decorations. Right. It's not really its own thing because that's embarrassing exactly. to our history. By the way, oh Don't god, you know. yeah, no shit now. But I digress. We're talking about Halloween. Curiosity <laughs> about it. Exactly. So some of some of the religions that um, are listed in who does or doesn't celebrate Halloween and or why. So Russian Christians, um, because Halloween wasn't widely celebrated in Russia and it was actually banned in 2019 from some schools. And then you have the people who moved to America and they're usually skipping the spooky celebrations. Now, not because they're all Christian, although many are Russian Orthodox, which is a sect of Christianity um, and goes against Christian values, um, you know, some religions do ban it by their government. So it's understandable that the Russian Christians would not celebrate it even when they move here to the country. Jehovah Witnesses, uh, they don't celebrate any holidays, not birthdays, not Christmas, and of course not Halloween. So... They think that they're related to pagan customs. So that's what they're being taught. That's what they believe. And some Orthodox Jews won't uh, observe Gentile holidays, which, of course, um, Halloween is considered secular, which means it's not associated with religion, which is ironic as it has roots in the, you know, the Russian Catholic Church or uh, the Roman Catholic Church. But, you know, who's paying attention to that? Even though it has origins dating back thousands of years, but, you know, let, let's just skip over that because, you know, we rewrite history as we so see fit and who is one of the largest, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, people who do that? Like, I can't think of the fucking word right now, but, like, 
you know, the the culprit, if you will. You know, who's who's the worst offender in that? Yeah, it's it's religion and it's government. And, you know, the two bedfellows are strange. So Muslims uh, only have two holidays a year that they celebrate. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce them because I would mispronounce them badly. But because there's no spiritual significance behind the day, and again, some Muslims consider it to be pagan, that represents mischief rather than morals, most people of the Islamic faith skip the holiday festivities for Halloween. Now, some evangelical Christians reject it because they believe it's a pagan holiday associated with devil worship. Instead, they celebrate Reformation Day, which is the same day as Halloween, or they have a fall festival without any classic Halloween elements like costumes or scary decorations. You have Hindus who follow, uh, they have a fall holiday, Diwali, and it's a five-day celebration of light. And the exact dates change each year, but it's a joyful celebration that brings people together to pray for good fortune and celebrate the triumph of good over evil. And some Hindus can, may celebrate Halloween, though many of, are weary of glorifying ghosts, so they look forward to Diwali instead, which occasionally does fall on the same day as Halloween. Now, Mormons. Now, this is this is more uh, more in your wheelhouse, as that is how you grew up. Uh, it says that they leave it up to the individual to decide whether or not to celebrate the spooky holiday. And you're probably not going to see them in scary costumes. If it falls on a Sunday, most families will move the festivities to another day, like a Friday or a Saturday, because there is the honoring of the Sabbath, and they do try to abstain from labor and other activities outside of the home on Sundays, except for church, which I found interesting because it reminded me a lot of the Shabbat for the, mm-hmm. um, for the Middle East. And that was interesting to experience, I, I assure you. Even though, you know, we, we stayed in a, a Shabbat-friendly uh, hotel where, you know, we could get elevator service on a Saturday and things like that. <clears throat> and there were for a few cab uh, cab drivers because, you know, we arrived on uh, during Shabbat. So it was really interesting to experience that. And, uh, you know, we continue to pray for our friends and colleagues over there. But so... Is, is that pretty accurate that um, for Mormons, like they're really uh, hard on the Sabbath and they'll actually move the holiday and so on and so forth? So I was raised Mormon like as a little kid. And then I have understanding of the religion and seeking understanding of religion. Um, so firsthand experience, I don't recall if we ever switched the days of Halloween, but I do know that we, because my mom was a working mom, and who gives a shit if you got three kids on Halloween, girl, you gotta be here. We rescheduled all holidays. There is no holiday that is glued to a day in my family. I respect that. It's just not. Yeah. I respect uh, the hell so that, especially having driven a truck. Um, there were times that I had to move a couple of things, and it's like, look, y'all, mm-hmm. I love you guys, but... In order and to be able that I don't to give you a good to, life, there's more work to do than it's beneficial to you, bro. Like I gotta make money. You could go get free candy. I'll buy you. I'll buy you candy. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that's the 
and uh, that I, I'm yeah, I'm sorry to say in, in in the later years with Easter and my boys when they got literally like too old to get an Easter basket because like fuck me it would cost a fortune. I'd be like, come on, guys, we're going to the W store the day after Easter, and we're going to fuck up <clears throat> the discount candy aisle. You know, yeah, happy Easter. We love you. We love you. Two baskets. Yeah, exactly. Of one basket. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I am not ashamed to say, like, when, when I tell phone boy. You ain't got to choose, boo-boo. They're on sale. <laughs> That's yeah. right. I mean, I, I tell phone boy all the time, you know, because of the wonder twat that is making his life a fucking living hell. That uh, don't worry, baby. I will. Uh, well, welcome to welcome to living on a budget and living within your means. I've been doing it my whole life. Let me show you around. Yes, that's definitely something that uh, if you're ever trying to um, do financial adjustments and make your wife work the way you need it to work, you need somebody who's been there. I personally am the poor representation of my relationship and to not be a poor I explain to my husband what it's like to be a poor so he gets scared of that and he's like oh dang that don't sound so good so fear of poor will do a lot for people oh believe me um there there is definitely a complete knowledge that at, at any moment you know, if if something shifts one way or another for the next couple of years, we, um, you know, we're we're teetering on a very precarious platform. I mean, we're not. Don't get me wrong. You know, we're we're not fixing the fucking, you know, go down like the Titanic and whatnot. We are just simply, you know, we we got to cut back a little bit. You know, we got to be really circumspect about what we spend at mindful. Costco. Yeah, mindful. Mindful. We need to be aware. Very aware. And I'll tell you what else you got to be aware of <clears throat> is the fact my fucking throat's full of crap. What the actual fuck? <laughs> I hate when that happens. I can't breathe. Horrible. But anyway, <laughs> now that I've now that I flipped out, totally blew now my fucking breathe. intro. <laughs> I can't even at this point. We are just going to transition to the other thing we said we were going to talk about, which is the supernatural and ghosts. These things are real. So I, I want to get your um, I want to get your take on what you think about the supernatural and what uh, do, do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in uh kind of the spooky shit that of course you know is definitely assimilated with halloween i believe in pretty much everything to the point where i'm a walking contradiction so i guess i entertain the idea of and i acknowledge the existence of um but do i believe it to give energy to it to make it come find me and let me know it exists no we don't do that i don't mm -mm, no mm -mm, mm -mm. No, no. Um, so, yeah, ghosts are real. Uh, spirits and energies, yes. People are haunted. Places are haunted. Objects are haunted. Like, I agree. There's energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It just transfers. Use your logical brain. Get outside of the woo-woo crazy person. Oh, let's make jokes of astrology because, like, 
let's shit on the thing that's been a constant since the dinosaurs may or may not have walked to the earth. I digress. But I, I believe it's real. I believe in Bigfoot. I believe in, like, the Jersey Devil only because I've been to the Pine Barrens in the general area of yep. the footprint of the house. And, girl, that's a whole vibe of no. You have a great day. It was great to meet you. I uh, Yep. Thank you. I'm, nope. Bye. You can stay here, though. Please, God, stay here. Stay here. Yeah. Don't come with me. Def- like, def- definitely. Yeah. Um, I When I was younger, my grandparents passed away, and this was, like, when my parents were still married, but, like, the cracks were starting to show in the marriage. So it was a high-stress environment, and my grandparents passed away, and it was more stress. So I don't know if this was just baby me stressing, trying to cope, but I vividly remember having conversations with my grandmother and my grandfather beyond the veil. My parents heard me talk to them. Like, it was like a phone call, and I'm like, I, you can't tell me that didn't happen. I believe it. It's one of the most vivid memories I have in my life. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, and at one point in my life, I had to make a cosmic request that I was no longer, I, I don't want this subscription no more. I would not like to have this channel package. I to unsubscribe. Please and thank you. No, thank you. I'm good. Um, and that's, that's been a while ago. But there are some things that, like, you just, Bob, don't lie, man. I, I I get that. I, I absolutely get that. I realized I forgot to tell <clears throat> the listeners about that my Halloween experience. Oh, that's right. The connoisseurs. That's where temporarily calling our uh, faithful listeners is connoisseurs because, you know, you have a bunch of podcasts that you can choose from, but you wisely and eloquently choose coffee and chronic to fill your ear holes on a Monday morning. And we thank you for that. So I realized I hadn't told about my childhood and and Halloween. I was one of those kids and subsequently one of those moms that did drive my kids around to different neighborhoods, dressed up as God knows what, doing the little and we had a great goddamn time. I dressed up with them. And I still dress up. Matter of fact, I already have um I already have my face thing. There's this really neat applique that I found at the local grocery store that's got spider webs and glitter and like little lines that come down like uh you know, like the webs themselves off of a bigger web and oh, there's little spider uh little gemmed spiders that go like right above like in a marching formation above my eyebrows. Like, like I'm a really excited. Temporary tattoo masquerade mask. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah, that's that's the impression I get from it. Like a like a, a wet and press applique. Now I will tell you, I have shaved my oh, eyebrows to put one of those face appliques on. Yes, I very much did, and I will include the photo in the chat. Matter of fact, I realized that I owe people a photo of that lawn ornament. Uh, the the inflatable decorations. So I need to put that in the chat as well before I unfortunately forget again because I've got a head like a fucking pumpkin. But about my (laughs) Halloween as a child, so I can remember driving all the way to my dad's aunt and uncle's house way out. Like it was easily a 30-minute drive from where we lived 
just so that they could see me in my Halloween costume. Do not understand what the appeal was. And of course, because we have one of those old world Polish families, like the entire fucking quarter mile block or, you know, two mile block. I don't even fucking know how big it is. All I know is like you had like on one corner, you had um, one uncle then you go down the road, you had another uncle, turn the corner, you had a the backside of a third uncle's property, but there was also a cemetery that I have no idea who owned it. And, of course, if you go on the front side of where the cemetery is, and on that whole left-hand side, you've got cousin, you've got cousin, you know, you're back to the uncle's house, then you go up the road, and to the left, oh, there's another uncle. Like, it was fucking bizarre. Like, when I think about the dynamic of how they all stayed living in one tight little area, and then there was another aunt and another uncle and aunt. Jesus Christ, like, most of the family all lived within probably one to two square miles of each other, save for my father's mother, who lived a good distance, and I did not go to her house for trick-or-treating. But weird dynamic. But I digress. Back to the whole Halloween thing. So... I've we never, will unpack that later. Yeah. I've never really been the one who handed out candy. I, I don't know. It's just never really been my thing. Probably because I, I find people ringing my doorbell to be very nerve-wracking for me. For whatever reason, I don't have a particular trauma that I associate a ringing doorbell. But... Yeah, just it's an um, alertness. Yeah, it, it probably it's is, and I think it's because most of the times it scares the shit out of you because you're not expecting, it. and all yeah. of a sudden this like, loud chime fucking hits like a bull, and you're like, "Holy fucking what!" And the worst is because we have three floors here. If the damn doorbell goes off, you've got to run down like two and a half flights of stairs or some shit. It yeah, it's it's fucking mind numbing. I can't even. But my kids enjoyed a a traditional, like, Halloween where we went around. And, I mean, living down here, <clears throat> we would, of course, hit the rich neighborhood because, yeah, they were the ones that gave out, like, the full-size candy bars and shit. And mm-hmm. I never brought them. Trunk or Treat, I think, was just starting to come into prominence when we when they were young enough. But it wasn't really something that I was like, oh, my God, you know, let's go do this instead of being real, um, you know, a real family, essentially. And I know that probably sounds shitty and it's not meant to. It's simply I'm I'm very I'm very set in my ways. I'm, I'm very old school in 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 reality because I, you know, I still believe in the traditional gender roles i still think that children and parents should sit at the table for dinner and share their day um you know read to your kids if they're little you know before bed interact with them and i know that's a really hard thing to do because nowadays parents are just quote unquote too busy and the sad part is they're not too busy to be on FaceTime. With, they just have other time sucks. Yeah, that's it. And instead of prioritizing, like, this is my child, 
it's like, oh, sorry, honey. Uh, Rosita, can you can you put the baby to bed? I'm on a Zoom call. <laughs> yeah, I did just. Yeah, that was out there. That was a good one. Yeah, I, I did just. But nonetheless, I mean, that's literally what it really kind of is, is they're too busy to take 30 fucking minutes out of their schedule and interact with their child. And then you wonder why we have fuck rods like uh, this dude that just fucked up the shit in, in Maine. You know, I mean, that... <laughs> That that is some dumb ass shit. This this dude, the state of Maine, fucking badly bombed. They fucked up on on a huge level with the fact this guy was committed to a mental institution, threatening to shoot up a military facility, and because he had checked himself in voluntarily, it was like, okay, you want to leave? Okay, goodbye. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Like, what the fuck, folks? Are, 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 you, are you serious right now? You fucking let this guy go. And he shot up a fucking youth night at a bowling alley and a deaf cornhole league meeting or event. The actual fuck. And he's still on the run. They still haven't fucking caught him. Uh, I purposely have not paid attention to this not because i am callous or anything but because i have pattern recognition and until all the information comes out i'm not i'm not giving it my energy but from what you just told me um youth groups bad we cannot pour into our community we can't have our young people come together and do bowling they're supposed to be on the tiktoks they're supposed to be on the call of duties and dang it. They're supposed to be out there in them street gangs. Second, a deaf cornhole. Now we can't even allow the differently abled to enjoy a bar or sports. Definitely can't do that. We can't have people gathering in social places, doing things, coming together with people like you. That's just unallowed. Well, and don't forget, uh, he had an AR-15, you know, bang, 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 we got to have tougher gun laws and, you know, dot, dot, dot. The fact that, oh, I'm sorry, he had a fucking, he, he was in a mental institution? Yeah, you don't get to have the bang, bangs. Oh, wait, I forgot. He was a fucking veteran. Because you know how well we take care of our veterans in this country when they come back all fucked up in the head and have PTSD and all that shit. Oh, yeah, we're, as a country, we're right there, eh, aren't we? Fucking, seriously? Well, and, and we you know, take people whose okay, brains I, may or may not already be broken and then put them in the military and purposely break their brains and rebuild them and then send them out to be free, and that's absolutely fucked up. Um, however, this, like, let's just take a deep breath. This is why we will need to repeal the 19th because we get very emotional about these things and we want solutions now. Damn okay, it, but, now. But, and the solution isn't to take away the guns from people. The solution isn't to blame the object, the inanimate object that is nearly the same object with like five to seven different pins. Like it's, it's not that different than a regular 
uh, pew pew, you know, like the, the first, I'm not going to be, I don't know how to explain it, but I do know that there is a slight difference between a regular one and one of these AK whatever or air. It's the same thing with like extra parts. Oh, no, I get it. I absolutely get it. But you know what? You were you were talking behind the mic with me earlier today about the fact when I was bringing it up, like, had you heard about it? What was your thoughts about it? And you had said, it's a fucking op. And I just sat here and went. My pattern, my pattern recognition went off. I'm like, we can't. They have we actively have war in another country where they have taken guns from their people. And then war breaks out, and then they run guns to the people of the country to protect the country. But they don't want you to have the, the, the game is to take the guns away from us so that way they can dole them out when people rush up on our shores. That's the game. That That's the game when it comes to guns. Take them away so you can get one issued to you that we know that you have. Not even one that you had before. The one that we give you is the one that you will have. That's the end goal. We don't want them taking them. We want to have as many of them as we want. Whatever the fuck one I want. If I want a goddamn cannon, I should be able to have it. I should be able to put bowling balls in my cannon. I can't even have a cannon. Well, here's the thing. But here's the thing. And and I and I think that uh, I think we need to pay close attention to what happens in the really close future. Near future. Yeah, yeah. Because not only is it Halloweenies, it's um a full moon uh and like i said since but, the beginning of the time of people recording history no, 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 for no, no, some no. reason no, our lizard um, brains think this is an important time to close cycles oh no that's not the direction i was taking that you, you got to hear this it's no. it's brilliant so here's my thought on this okay biden's fucking approval late rating is you know way in the toilet somebody somebody flush mm-hmm. okay it's fucking election year coming up. What's the better way to get people? You've already got a war going on. Okay. Congratulations to the Hamas and their bullshit. Okay. Because they're, they're part of the big fucking plan here too. Okay. Because Biden goes over there like, you know, big swinging Johnson. Like he's going to make some kind of but fucking. It's all to undo. It's all to undo the Abraham Accords where right. we sat people down and said, look, we're all humans on this flying rock together. Your God and my God ain't got shit to do with this, homie. We just need to learn how to get along to go along. Can we do that? Truth. Truth. And my thought is this, okay? Because what better what better up? You've got an, an ex-military. He fucking takes out kids. First of all, kids. Won't somebody think of the children, you know? You, you, get, all, you get those fucking people. for the kids. Yeah. You get, and, and you were even mentioning Sandy Hook, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, you know, you, you, so, so you've got the child aspect, you know, because, oh, he's got this, you know, he goes into this bowling alley, just happens to be having the youth league. Then you turn around and you go into a bar of deaf cornhole. Let that sink in for just a second that deaf people playing cornhole. How did this become a thing? This is very fascinating to me. Not bagging on the deaf community not that they'd hear me anyway i just think when i played dart league we had a couple of deaf players did you deaf deaf people leave their houses on their own shocker yeah i know isn't that amazing kind of like blind people 
But no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, the special interest groups, could you be fucking hitting the button harder on the special interest oh. groups that are going to flip the fuck it's out? It's almost like a targeted and- advertisement. Like, if I, if I had a very specific product, which was no more guns for people, who would I market that to? I probably Housewives. want kids to be on my side. I want some parents to be on my side. I want yep. some business owners to be on my side. I'd probably, you know what? Where was the second place you went? Oh, the bar. I probably want business owners again, the disabled people, cornhole people. Do you know how many people play cornhole, bitch? It is fucking football season, tailgate season. Yeah, it fucking is. Now you There's... are all of goddamn America terrified to play cornhole. Yep. And everybody is hyper aware. So anyways, it's an op, so stop giving your energy to it, because y'all, you are powerful people, and there's a lot of us, and the more of us that sit here and focus on the fucking biggity bullshit, the bigger the biggity bullshit is going to get. So don't pay it no mind, ignore it, and say, I rebuke you, no thank you, go on get. And and it's interesting because... I'm going to keep my feelings for myself, I'm not going to... Because, girl, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to check my heart rate. Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, yeah, um, can't can't wait to see the signs popping up on lawns. You know, we stand with Lewiston. And um, also, it's, uh, you know, you, you had something to say about the Sandy Hook situation. And I think it might have relevance in this particular situation. So I'll uh, I'll let you talk about that when you are done with your pulse rate and again i love the fact that we can see each other now so it's a little easier because you actually have visual clues to be able to mesh and once we can get this damn video not to be so fucking lag and jitter we're gonna be fantastic but you know on my end it says recording quality will be higher so that's reassuring slightly slightly my, yeah, we'll my heart see what happens. So, oh yeah, I I don't I, I don't necessarily think it's it's an issue with your, you know, with your bandwidth. It's just an occasional uh, lag and and freeze and stuff. But um, so so give us your Sandy Hook theory because I found this really interesting. Well, it's not really a theory. It's just research that I did. Um. I'm not going to discuss whether or not the op happened, how many people existed beforehand, didn't exist after. All I'm going to tell you is the day after to today, the grown-ups of the tiny people from the day before have committed their lives to be in anti-2A activities, to be uh, book writers, to run foundations, to do all kinds of money activism and lobbying to undo the things done from the day before. And that is all that they have done since that day. Some of those people, the jobs that they had before, they quit, and now this is their job. Some of the people didn't have nothing going really beforehand, and now this is their thing. Yeah, and you can be assured that the money that they're making from doing this definitely tops the amount of money that it would take uh, 
to if they were actually working. And now that they don't have a kid to have to worry about daycare, there's less of an expense you have to fuck with, too. Yep, said it. Not sorry. That's the, that is a reality of how that situation plays out. If there was a bill to begin with. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not discounting, like, the situation. That's I mean, what I said. I'm not discussing the day of. I'm just saying from the day after that. Right. There was some sort of a conversation about or, or realization or something. They saw money signs. Yeah. Didn't nobody sit in their house and drag their ass and be depressed and fall into a bottle? None of them. I mean, none yeah, of them is real. a full statement because I do believe two persons, two adults involved in the situation have exited this plane of existence. I think it was two, maybe three of them. Okay. Um, so like, but from the net, like there was all the moves that were made were in this guns bad direction. Yeah. And I, and, and I, I think it's mighty convenient. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, I've interesting. never found that many activists in one place personally. No, no. Truly. It's hard to find. It's hard to find two people with the shit. Yeah, well, remember, it is Connecticut. That's all I'm saying. And Sandy Hook is in a prominent uh, location of the more mm-hmm. affluent. You know, it, it's kind of like a Wisteria Lane adjacent type town. Mm-hmm. Well, and after the fact, all of these people have the salaries that puts them in that type of a neighborhood where before the day after, it may have not been the neighborhood they should have been in due to financial exactly. reasons. One hundred percent agree with that. Absolutely, and there's been a lot of and there's been a lot of chatter about Sandy Hook being an op. In you know, I mean, we you've got uh, I believe it was uh, Alex Jones that got fucking sued for saying some shit and had to pay like millions of dollars to the fucking families. If that does not scream. Op, I don't know what the fuck does on top well, that, of. So I personally don't see that as screaming off. I think that says if you dare notice it and then fucking say anything about it, it's going to cost you. My point There's exactly. Tag. There's a price tag on it now to speak out. But- yeah, and that's what even, I'm saying. And Who do you think is organizing that particular uh, transaction? Well, and now that that has been something that has set a precedent, a precedent, however you pronounce it, legal precedent. Um, yeah, precedence. That, like, that's a new level of fear that are that's put onto people on top of the, oh, well, is this person even going to receive what I have to say? Are they going to think that I'm attacking them? And now it comes with a fucking price tag? I ain't saying shit no more. I'm going to work. I'm coming home. I'm minding my fucking business and just let it burn. Well, and it's interesting because, like, with our stream, you know, we're not FCC regulated. I, I would be fucking amazed if we ended up getting some kind of backlash because we say what we say on this show. And the fact that, you know, AJ gets fucking sued and it actually goes by way of the 
you know, the the bigger criminals in the situation, if you will. Uh, I think that it's interesting how just our our basic uh, freedoms, our, you know, the amendments that are put in place, they're picking and choosing when they want to allow those to be applicable. Because his mm-hmm. right, my right, your right to say this shit, okay, whether we are celebrities or local fucking white trash famous we both groups have the same fucking legal rights we are protected under that wonderful amendment that guarantees free speech so how is it that a court can rule in favor of these fucking people where that's ultimately violating aj's right to free speech without persecution I mean, I can't run it all the way back because I'm not quite sure how it all fits together. But I'm going to assume that the reason why we can charge him and successfully did so was because at some point we had to decide how much influence public speakers could actually have on people. And then when we realized that, hey, you know, there was there's a few influential people who did really, really good speaking to the public. And now they did. They were taken out. Shut the heck up forever. So um, that's how they handled it back then. Uh, and then you learn that, oh, well, if you just find people, then that's fine. We could do that. Nobody will be super mad if they just get fines. So then they make legislation, they make laws, which laws are passed that say if you are a public peace officer, you cannot issue political statements while in uniform. Like, those are the kinds of rules that get made. And then someone down the line, some CEO says something that causes a huge issue. So now it's like if you're the public facing of the company, you're not allowed to say or incite. I think that that's a bit bottom line. It was like it inadvertently created these people being a target. So he was like inciting violence on them by speculating on the Internet about the event. I think is how I get, did it. Yeah, I, it, I, I get it what all, you're saying. It all boils down to fucking the... Some people are more equal than others. Yeah. And, it, I mean, and that's that what is, our legal system is ab- now. Well, absolutely. I mean, we, we, could, we could rant about that for fucking, you know, ages, quite honestly. <laughs> We, we know plenty of uh, disproportionate shit going on in, in our own lives and in the world that you just look at and you kind of cock your head like, what the actual fuck did I just witness? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's like a train wreck that you can't look away from, but it wouldn't matter how loud you screamed, the conductor's not hearing you. Yeah, it's not your stop. Right. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Your ticket says you get off later. Shut up. Truth, fucking truth. So, do we? So, okay. I, I don't think I, we. I love the fact that we just go down these like luscious little rabbit holes, and I didn't think about the fact of my own views on the whole supernatural thing. Now, yep. I grew up with a lot of experience. Uh, there were. Uh, I know at least one, which would be my Aunt Pam, her house in Willington, Connecticut, was haunted by several different spirits. And 
it was the first time, and I was very young, that I realized I was a sensitive because I knew something was there, even though no one had ever told me. And the only way that I became aware of it was I asked my mom one day, like, you know, mom, are there ghosts in Auntie Pam's house? And she was like, why would you ask me that question? Like, and, you know, we talked about it. And, you know, she told me the story of, you know, the few different spirits that were in the house and shit like that. And it's interesting because I could always feel them when I was at the top of the stairs and when I was in her formal dining room, of which there was this little room off of the the formal dining room. I don't know exactly what it was used for, but I do know that my uncle's um, amplifier was in there. And it was an old school amplifier, so like if you accidentally kicked it, it made this ungodly sound that just scared the fuck out of you. Oh, yeah, it was, it was insane. So needless to say... Um, I definitely believe that there are spirits that can't be seen. Um, Like if if you have, you know, arguably a a downstairs toy room for your kid and you have a toy that there's no batteries in it, but this motherfucker is going off. Yeah, you're you're being communicated with you. You got a little something going on there. That's that's not. There's no other explanation for it save for and you were saying you know you believe that objects are haunted and i agree with you i'm i actually knew someone who was dating the girl who owned annabelle the haunted doll that now sits in the museum in connecticut owned by uh john zaffis which is the nephew of ed and lorraine warren the famous ghost hunting duo. So, you know, being from Connecticut, I've actually never been to that museum, but if if it is still in operation, and I probably could find out when Phone Boy and I go to visit my hometown, that is, that is a drive to a place that I would absolutely love to do. And the fact that we're going to the Winchester Mystery House in December when we fly out for the Niners game, go Niners! Although they've fucking sucked the last couple of weeks. But we're not going to talk sports ball today. Because, um... I'm terrified beyond the capacity for rational thought. Yeah, I'm not really terrified. It takes a lot to scare me. But, um, I can assure you the day that I experienced sleep paralysis. And have you ever experienced sleep paralysis, Hempress? Because I can tell you it was fucking terrifying all of my entire life really so i had that very conscious moment of like i was no longer like to get this channel package uh and to my knowledge it hasn't been an issue since but i remember being a small child and having it and up until 20 something years old i dealt with it wow holy shit that's deep that's something we had not talked about behind the mic <clears throat> before this episode oh my gosh i'm wow that's that's heavy yeah. for sure yeah i mean thankfully i only experienced it once but it, it was enough for me to be like yeah no thanks check please yeah uh it, you know it's I, I feel like it's a something that just happens to your brain it's not like ever 
I've never met a person who hasn't experienced it. Really? I also haven't met many people who had it to the extent that I had it, but the people who have it to the extent that I had it, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, we, we know <laughs> we know about that situation. Yeah. So um, our, our final thought on this episode, um, what's, uh, what's your opinion on Ouija boards? Do you use them? Have you used them? Are you like, holy fuck, absolutely not? Nah, bitch. I will fuck with a lot of stuff. And I have dabbled in a lot of dealings. But Ouija boards? No. I have one black mirror that I made and I only made it because I knew my grandma was going to die soon. And then I felt real bad and I had to put it away because I didn't want to be trapped in my mirror. I was like, that's kind of rude and fucked up. So, um, I, I did that one time. Um, <laughs> but Ouija boards, absolutely not. That's a line your girl went across. I'm, no, thank you. I'm a thousand. No thousand percent in agreement with that do not fuck with the ouija board um there's actually a story that was relayed to me first person uh yeah i, I have a feeling uh <laughs> you're reading the same thing i am in the chat that uh pfeiffer uh pfeiffer's keeper is refinishing a coffee table as a ouija board oh good luck to you no thank you i'm i'm good uh, on a big level. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Cannot do that. No, no, no. Um, so keeper, my keeper has good vibes. I don't think she's going to do. She no, knows, it's not. It'll be, that would be the closest I get to a Ouija board is one that has been hand created by Pfeiffer's keeper. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. shout out and much love to Pfeiffer's keeper. It's, it's not about the person. Uh, it's it's just about the the situation itself. Like I will not fuck with a Ouija board. Like you said, <clears throat> I'll fuck with a lot of things. That is not one of them. My cousin's sister had a couple friends over one night, and they were fucking with the Ouija board. And this will this will kind of give you a idea. They were literally listening to some Bon Jovi. So you know, early early midish. Oh, it's you know, well, mid, mid to late 80s, honestly. Typical sleepover behavior. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In the middle of the satanic panic of the 80s. I love it. Tell me more. Yes, exactly. So, of course, you know, they're, you know, she tells the story that um, they asked some question. Don't even know what the question was. And the fucking tape, the uh, tape deck popped open and the tape came flying out and melted slightly and they freaked the fuck out etc etc and that was all it took for me to hear and then when i started reading it was like yeah absolutely not i do not need to to fuck with anything on that level i mean you see a lot and i understand okay I, reality tv is not real but you see a lot of these, you know, ghost hunter shows because I dig those. You know, when I would watch TV, I watched a lot of the paranormal shows <clears throat> and the ones that had, you know, Ouija boards and stuff. The fucked up shit that they would portray happening in these houses just seemed really goddamn plausible, if I'm honest. And I'm not willing to find out yay or nay 
one way or the other if it's real or if it's not. So, you know, I, I invite everyone to use their own judgment in whether or not they fuck with the Ouija. We obviously do not choose to fuck with the Ouija because that is just way too fucked up and scotty. We like the good vibes. We I, inhale the good shit and exhale the bullshit around here. Now that we're talking about it, I, there's no, like, it's not even the iconography or, like, I heard a scary story about it. It's just when I was looking at the tools that you can use for divination and across the veil communications, that particular one just said, it didn't, like, not that it said, don't touch me, but it didn't speak to me. It was just like an object. And I, I, that set wrong with me. And I was like, I'm not sure what it is about this, but this isn't for me. Um, but I, there's usually, a lot of, uh, there hasn't been any like positive representation. And some people that actually know how to use them, it might be as good as a crystal ball or better. I don't know. But it's just, it does not speak to me. It scares me. I, I'm right there with you. So um, what's your thoughts on tarot while we're kind of adjacent to it? And I noticed that phone boy put in the chat that he dabbles in the tarot. I, I have a tarot deck. I use it. It's a useful tool. It is um, it's one of those things where you interpret it the way that you want to interpret it. And it's uh, mostly based on your perspective, whether you receive the information or you like you think oh that's not right like if you they're never wrong your cards are never wrong your perspective on the situation is wrong so do you do you use tarot do you fuck with it well yeah i have i like i do i have my own systems and shit but yeah i have i have a tarot deck that i use awesome awesome uh which one do you prefer the uh Rider Waite or the De Marseille? The what? Phone boy will type it in chat for you. All right. I, I guess I need to. Sorry, I didn't mean to break the brain. No, no, you're fine. I also don't tarot like everybody else tarots. Like, I have a Got deck. You. I respect it. I respect other people who respect it. I understand my deck. And, like, what all the cards mean and the associations and all that stuff. That's it. That's all I thought. And, I, and I don't decks go are any personal. deeper than that. Decks are definitely personal. I don't understand what that question is. No, no. It, it's all good. There, there, is, there is no worries. It's, it's all good. <laughs> it was just the different, um, the, the different types of tarot. Like, um... I would bring Phone Boy in, but like being as it's just our no, show, okay. like I, I, I know that he could explain it. Uh, Phone Boy, would you care to join the discussion and explain the difference between the Marseille and the uh, Rider Waite? Yeah, I, I guess <laughs> since I'm sitting here, pretty yeah. please. So it, it, it's it's kind of where that it, it's where the imagery and the deck comes from. And of course, there's lots of different they've there's they've done the different styles and different things. And it's also the imagery they use. So actually, if you go, I think if, when I did the research on, on on tarot decks, so the the common decks that we people use are right or wait. And it came from, and I and I don't remember the the history of it, but there, there, there's the, the the people that originally had come up with the imagery was based on you know prior versions of tarot. Now tarot was originally 
originally like with playing cards. If you actually you take regular playing cards, they have they have origins in tarot. But the Marseille tarot mm-hmm. is one of the earliest tarots that goes back to I don't know, I think the 14th, 15th century or something like that. Uh, the current Marseille decks are probably based on 17th century stuff. The um, and then you know the different and different people have taken it and, and, and enhanced it or whatever. The writer weight is a bit more. Um, um, you know they, they get into some of the more supernatural stuff um, you know that you know some of the imagery with you know with their the, 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 is, is more explicit in some cases uh, you know they, they use uh, they use a lot more you know the, the, as I say just the image they just change the imagery on the cards and so they, the, and they and the interpretations are a little bit different in each case right and I have not dug into the thought um, tarot but uh, which is an, which is another sort of offshoot of that but um, and there's again that they, they all kind of uh, originate in this uh, in this, uh, this sort of playing card thing you know idea that was actually what tarot was for and then it got used for divination and so that's that's kind of how it that's kind of how it evolved but the imagery on the cards are different and that's why it's and sometimes that changes the meaning right and like in uh, you know for example in uh, in marseille the 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 like the the um the implications of the tower card are different um in the two different in the, in the two different they're actually the meanings are kind of reversed right based on whether the card is reversed or not so it's there there's, there's some minor differences but there's a little a lot of similar imagery but one is you know again to me i picked i ended up picking the the marseille tarot because it, was, it seemed like it was more pure and then you know the whereas the writer weight and thought seemed to kind of direct things a certain direction right and so and i and i didn't like the direction that went <laughs> and so it's it's yeah it's tarot is very individual though in terms of like which one because it because it really is ultimately your interpretation of what the cards are telling you and it's interesting too because you have a golden tarot deck that i honestly when when i lay hands on this deck i feel a completely different energy than i feel with your other primary deck that you use it's it's a very interesting an interesting difference because i mean essentially they're literally just like decorative cardstock media as opposed to maybe less flashy cardstock media but at the end of the day it's still cardstock media so what is it that gives this deck a different energy than that deck and you know like i said decks are very personal to their owners the deck picks you not the other way around but mm-hmm. I think we need to wrap this up. So we are going to sage the studio. I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. That's right. All you fucking spooks get out of here. And all the rest of you motherfuckers. You go out and you win that money, money, money. And we will be back with you next Monday. Uh, what is the date on next Monday? Let me see. It's probably no, it's no. I have a... Uh, I, yeah, I think so. I, I have a calendar here for my silly, stupid brain that does not know what the date is because I'm stupid like that. Actually, it is the 6th. It is the 6th of November, so we will be back with you fine folks on the 6th of November at 7 a.m. Central, bright and squirrely for coffee and chronic and, of course, a whole lot more <coughs> bullshit. So I have been Phoenix. I have been Hemper Simulian. And we have loved hanging out with you today on this special episode of coffee and chronic that will be released live i will be in the chat 
Monday, 7 a.m., even though my lovely co-host will be off doing other things because she has a real life other than being a podcaster. You know, she's <laughs> she's not a slave to it the way myself and, and phone boy are. So I will be live in the chat Monday, 7 a.m. Spirit running around. That's right. And actually, uh, you can be in the chat, Hempress Emily, while you are. I might on... be in the troll room. Yeah, I might be in the troll room if I have service on my journey. That would be epic. Hope so. Hopefully, uh, send some travel karma to Hempress Emily for her trip wherever she is going, and also hopefully she can make an appearance on the side of the chat if her signal is gracious enough. Monday, 7 a.m. Central. And don't forget to join us Saturday, this Saturday and every Saturday at 4 p.m. Central for the Lotus Effect, which we are going to have a wonderful, joyful, exceptional, because Halloween is my favorite holiday. We're doing a special episode. You're not only getting the Lotus Effect, you're also going to get the funny thing about Murder Halloween Edition. So don't miss it. Saturday, 4 p.m. Central. Be there. And with that, we are going to say bye to y'all. Bye. Bye.